This is the Low Tox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 170 and it is the last show of the year. Thank you for being with me for this 2019 epic year on the show. We surpassed 1 million downloads sometime, I think it was back in May, so I haven't actually even looked at what we're at now. But I just want to say I am so grateful to each and every one of you who tunes in, open-minded, thinking, what is she going to bring us next? Because it sure is a wide selection of topics. Uh, But I get overwhelming feedback that that's how you guys like it. So I shall continue. I think anything where we niche down too much means we forget to look at the bigger picture of things. What are we fighting for, for ourselves, for our beautiful planet? And the breadth and depth of the topics is a reflection that it is all connected. And the work we're doing for ourselves is work we then continue in a broader sense to support our communities and planet uh, once we've sorted ourselves out. Because you can't do amazing work if you're really, really unwell, right? So you'll never stop hearing from me on critical health topics that help move you forward on that front if that's what you need. And you'll also get all of the inspirational pioneers, uh, environmental scientists, building biologists, farmers, uh, and uh, climate change specialists of all kinds so that we are able to look at the big picture as well. So this week, for the final week, we actually have this wonderful show on Feng Shui. And I have invited Grace Nui over to chat to me. It was really, really enlightening. And just when I thought I got all of the nuggets I wanted to get for us out of the show, we would open up into another area that is fascinating when it comes to this science. So I know you are going to absolutely love what Grace has to share. Um, Grace is one of the nine accredited Feng Shui consultants in Australia by the Association of Feng Shui Consultants International. Uh, And she is a very gifted, intuitive mentor, teacher, speaker, coach, uh, who has created this very uh, deeply personal Feng Shui um, serenity after after following her own intuition away from a very successful career. So it was actually through, and she talks about this in the show, her own realisation that her home was making her sick and, uh, and the rest is literally history. She's passionate about practi- practising authentic feng shui and only seeks learning from the masters who respect this ancient heritage. She's been formally trained by the Australian College of Environmental Studies and uh, Master Raymond Lowe, Master Vincent Coe, Master Howard Choi and Dr Lynn Pei. Uh, and Master Edgar Locke Ting, uh, so the, real, <laughs> the big guys. And uh, she regularly holds workshops in Sydney. There's plenty of ways to connect. She has a load of resources on her website. I'm not going to say anything more about Grace. Uh, the interview will very much speak for itself. 
I want to remind you that you have just another week to make the most of the Killer Pillar Pillow uh, offer. Killer Pillar Pillow, that's um, not easy to say fast. And uh, it's been a thrill to hear people making the most of this already. You have 20% off all purchases, free shipping Australian-wide. Please do inquire if you're an international and you like the sound of the work they're doing with this incredible pillow uh, because I know a few of you are and, you know, this is the way small businesses grow when they find out there are other places in the world they can help. So Killer Pillar takes you away to a simpler time when all natural and organic pillows were just how things were. I mean, how we got to this place where we find it normal to breathe in synthetic fibers while we sleep for six to eight hours a night is it's really beyond me it's one of those things that when you wake up and smell the coffee mrs bueller um sorry x generation uh in joke there for um any ferris bueller fans uh you really go how on earth did i not even think about this i mean if you think about the microplastic dust that would be coming off one of those ritzy memory foam or polyester filled pillows. It's crazy. And we're breathing that in. Um, never mind all the things that lurk in the average pillow. So what we're doing here is opting for a purely natural option. And uh, it's designed to fit your body. So you have little adjustable inserts that come with your pillow. You have a sort of bottomed out middle. Uh, so your pillow really nestles over the back of um, the, the space and curve of your neck perfectly. It works for side sleeping, back sleeping. Um, it's locally handcrafted. So the pillows are actually made in Gympie, Queensland. And um, they're made by highly skilled machinists in a family-owned garment manufacturer. Amazing to be supporting local manufacturing. Uh, this allows Dr. Todd and Carolina, his wife, to work closely with the craftsmen and craftswomen to ensure that they deliver the highest quality pillows. They check in very regularly to Australians and people across the globe. So landfill, this is always an interesting one that people are curious about. How long is a killer pillar expected to last? Once the pillow reaches the end of its lifespan, and experts say pillows should be changed out every six months to three years, um, I think there's truth to the middle of that range. Two years is what I have researched and like to share. And in that two years, every season, give it a really good airing out uh, because um, that, especially the fact that it's cotton and wool, that can handle sun, which means, you know, the sun kills mold spores, which is always fantastic. Uh, especially if you have, you know, teenagers or kids that refuse to wash to dry their hair before they go to bed, and sometimes you know they're going to sleep on a damp head of hair. That's really something you want to make sure you dry that pillow out very well. But airing that pillow out every couple of months is really, really important. So once you have decided it's you're ready for a refresh, you can rest easy knowing that the pillow will not be sitting in landfill for future generations to come because the pillow materials came from the earth and will naturally and quickly return to the earth. Super cool. Last, year, last week I told you about the exact materials that they use, wool, cotton, um, got certified cotton at that. And the week before I talked about the scientifically proven health benefits of the pillow. Uh, Dr. Todd is a chiropractor 
uh, and it was one of his great passions, seeing his patients struggle uh, to design this pillow in the first place. Um, they're a wonderful team. They do great work and you should make the most of this 20% off. So that's that from me. I want to wish everybody a wonderful end to the year, a beautiful festive season. Uh, whether you're celebrating one of the world's religions, whether you're an atheist, I don't care. I love you all. I appreciate you all. This is such a beautiful community that for me demonstrates what we all share in common in our goals rather than the things that make us different. And I think if more communities around the world did that, there would be a heck of a lot more love and peace around. So thank you for being you, for being listeners to this podcast. I wish you a fun-filled time with your family and friends. Uh, If this is a tough time of year, my heart goes out to you. Uh, And I hope there's a loving uh, meal and some smiles and laughs, despite some of the things that might be going on for you in your life. Uh, Sometimes celebratory periods are extra hard for people. Sometimes celebratory periods are times that we finally force ourselves to just stop and actually appreciate the good things all around. So I'm wishing you lots of love and light in this end of year period. And uh, thank you. It was 129 countries tuning in this year. Isn't that crazy? So thank you all and enjoy the final show of 2019 with Grace Nui on Feng Shui Serenity. Hello, Grace. How are you? I'm well. That's good. I'm very well. Thank you. And I'm very excited to finally be talking about Feng Shui on the show. Uh, It was wonderful to discover your work. I think think we've found our woman. And (laughs) thank you for your invitation. I'm I'm very honoured. Oh, you just share such fabulous, uh, with a generous spirit, both uh, on uh, Instagram, just even reading your posts, on your website, so many wonderful resources. And I think uh, we'll go into this, obviously, once we start talking, but I think Feng Shui has been uh, turned into a convenient and quite shallow thing that we can understand as moving furniture mm-hmm. around. And it is so much more than that. So before we actually dig into things, I would love to understand your relationship to this incredible thing and, uh, and where it all began for you. Well, um, where do I start? (laughs) Um, Well, being a Chinese, I would say feng shui very much um, has been with me all my life. It's just uh, on different level. Now looking back, um, mom has always told us the things here and there growing up, you know, that you you don't eat um, from a cheap bowl because the chi has been damaged. It's, it's not whole. So, you know, that I'm still kept to that tradition that if I go into the restaurant and I'll politely ask the waiter to change my bowl if it is not whole, you know, things, things like that. So feng shui, I mean, being a Chinese, um, there is a lot of thing I feel it's a given growing up. However, I think it is, it's not until uh, my husband and I owned our first house in Sydney, um, which created a lot of health issues for us. And really, really starting to treat feng shui seriously because it just doesn't make sense. Um, I have always been a very intuitive person and I'm very sensitive to energy. And I just know there is something there 
it's not just going to see doctor that you will, will kind of you know get resolved which kind of led me to this huge career path change and it was a turning point in my life yeah and so, how long ago was that well that was probably a decade 11 or 12 years ago yeah and um and in a way i would say that house really taught me a lesson and in a way looking back i was very grateful to have that opportunity to be to kind of dig a little deeper and which led me to then quit my job and then having a such a deeper understanding to review my whole life and then you know and kind of got onto this feng shui journey and spiritual awakening and everything yeah so so in a way i'm very grateful for that first house although it did create a lot of health grief for both my hus husband and, and i and what did you both notice what was sort of starting to happen with your health oh, um so we have lived in that house in six seven years and um we just my husband has always been a very light sleeper so um and he never slept well since moving into that house and also both of us just to feel stressed and i physically i also never had that many operations big or small um until through the time when we were living in that house so yeah both physically and mentally um, we felt a huge deterioration during um, in that house particularly. So this is where I always say to my clients as well, in fact, the first question I ask when I go onto a feng shui consultation is how long you have been living in this house. So usually within the point of six or seven years, and um, the, because energy is doing a 360 degree circle and usually every six years um, if you have lived in one house for that long things um, you will notice there is a pattern or people some people are very very sensitive and then they they can move in the house and straight away can notice a difference so my first question is how long you've been living in this house? Have you noticed any major changes in terms of your health, your wealth, in terms of your well-being in general? So that's a very, very important gauge. Um, it's not like I'm just to put my finger on and say this is the six years. It's because how the energy moves in the 360 degree, as we know, as in Bagua, as in the you know, the, the eight directions. And as the months, the year clicking along, things, when we say the star aligned, things will happen. So this is how I diagnose the house, how I help people to actually pinpoint the, the key issue when it's to be changed within the property. Wow. So it's like Chinese building biology. <laughs> it's it incredible. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, it's in a way I really consider, like when I'm looking at this people's floor plan, um, it's the energetic map because, um, and I always say to um, the student who sometimes turn, um, turn up at my workshop or the course, and it's, feng shui is such a, it's like an onion, it's such a layered information. And for uh, people like uh, just to see it's a, 
house with the facing, with the sitting, and with the directions. But we really see it's the metal, it's a five element, it's the yin and yang, it's how the chi travels into your property and how it actually distributes this chi. Whether this energy or chi is auspicious, it's beneficial, it's supportive for you, or it can create certain issues for you, health or wealth, etc. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I have probably have about 50 questions I want to ask you from what you've just said alone, but I would love for us to just hold that thought for a little second mm-hmm. and talk about the history of Feng Shui. How did it begin? How has it evolved over the past few thousand years? Yeah. Uh, because that'll give us some clues as to how we can then start to apply things in a modern context. Mm. Yes, um, feng shui has been a very ancient practice. So traditionally, feng shui is the exclusive practice only to the empress, because this is we're talking about five thousand or six thousand years ago. Um, so looking through the Chinese history, um, the emperor would have this very so feng shui has been, always been very secret practice exclusive to an emperor wow so regular people didn't weren't privy to it no it's like you don't have the privilege because the emperor wanting to protect their kingdom their um dynasty and another thing they use this is to also to plot where they place their tomb so the tomb which we call in feng shui is still very very prominent in the nowadays in china to choose the the burials Um, so all these obviously uh, originated a really long time back so it is a very very exclusive um, practice um, to the point that they actually don't want the public to know Hence, they sometimes they deliberately send out some wrong information. But lucky now, these days, not only that this is accessible to the public, but also that Western people, I mean, traveled to the Western world and all these people, like most of my clients are, you know, they're not Chinese. And so it's wonderful to see that the general public is really starting to understand feng shui um however on the flip side is we also see this um uh, information in the general media is creating a lot of um, uh, conflict and information as well so what uh, for me is really about um helping people on a really really grounded level so so when people coming to me wanting to simply hang a crystal or put a frog at the front door um, to bring in the wealth, and I will have to say that I p- practice the classical feng shui, and which is coming from a specific lineage, and we just don't do that. <laughs> um, and so it is so important to understand um, everything. Uh, even at the as a result i advise my client to do this to move the certain um item let's say a fridge um from this part of the kitchen to this side and there is a reason for it and there is a reason underneath um or based on the five element theory 
it is a reason for it for me to do that rather than um, just to say from this corner to that. It's it's so much deeper. So uh, when I'm actually explaining to my client, I also tend to give them the reason so that they can fully understand. At the end of the day, feng shui is the art of the placement. It's about how we live in harmony with our external environment. So how we harness that chi or the energy to make it work for us so that we can make the most of it. And the five element theory? The five element theory is the, um, so that is essentially the philosophy of all the Chinese um, metaphysics, including your Chinese astrology, feng shui, qigong, um, acupuncture, etc., etc. It's all built, built on the five elements. So the five elements are wood, fire, earth, water, and metal. So uh, for people who know a little bit about the traditional Chinese medicine is, you know, everything is belongs to one element. For example, if people have, um, let's say, uh, a cough, and, you know, that's in, in, in relation to your lung, and that is metal-related. So if a people have a, this very uh, mysterious disease once they move into this or they have asthma, I would check their metal sector within their home to see if anything is being violated. Is there anything is placed on the meridian point um, or these um, arteries? I really see the floor plans or your home is like the energetic map. So the best way to describe this is are there anything to be sitting on this point which is causing you some health issues, you know? And heart, heart issue, south direction. People whose um, south-facing door is opened incorrectly or along the south sector, if you have a kitchen appliances, um, dishwashers, stoves being in an incorrect sector, they will likely to have eye issue or heart disease. Wow. I think like in that moment, thousands of people were like, I want Grace to come to my house. (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting. Yeah, it's it's just so much, as I said, it's a layered information. It's so fascinating as I learn every day. I'm learning every day, even from the cases like the I'm treating my client, I learn, you know, and just like it's... um, the interaction of the energy and sometimes why it's not happened instantly is because of the time as i mentioned before if the time click we are in the year of the peak we are about to click into the 2020 year of the rat so let's say if the rat sector in your home have some affiliations or is not set up correctly, there is certain potential. It's like a sleeping tiger. At this hour or at this month uh, or when the year comes, and if you were born in year of the rat, you will feel it in 2020. So, yeah, so the person will also coming in. I look at the my client's date of birth. 
in order to see what is the relation, which sector is mostly actually would affect them, or I need to protect that sector for them so that they won't, they won't feel the effect. Wow. And, and how does that work with various family members or with different birth dates? Can you make a, a house work for people where there are six different yeah. birthdays? Of course, more people, um, it's more complicated. However, within the, as we know, the 12 animals, um, there is, there is um, we can find the common ground. Like, you know, the, let's say if a person uh, was born in year of the rooster, and the dragon, we know the dragon is his, um, is rooster's sacred friend or soulmate, or we know snake is also in relation to the rooster. We know the ox is also good for them. So we can find all these common sectors so to make it work. Although it's more difficult for me, the more people it is, I'll just have to try to find the common ground. But it's the, the best um, when people come in to me to select a house or they're about to rent, they're about to buy, this is the best time to do this because I'll make sure the facing of the house is actually beneficial for most of the occupant. And yeah, so, so you basically set up a really good foundation for this house. We can activate a certain point to support your career, to support your health and support your relationship, for example. But if you're starting the facing, it's kind of in a difficult, um, uh, I guess, in a difficult location, it will be very, very difficult because I'd like to say that I can, I can help you with everything, but it depends on the configuration of the house. Um, my ability, of course, I will try my utmost, but if the existing house have a certain limitation, my option is also limited. Yes, gotcha. And so I'm thinking of the rental market in Sydney, for example, mm. and how cutthroat it is and how if you want a house, you have to choose right then and there. Um, yeah. We don't necessarily get the uh, option to give Grace a buzz and say, yeah, in three weeks, let's go have a look at it because it'll be long gone. So are there some basic principles that we can uh, tune into in terms of uh, when we're looking at houses? Um, for ourselves that we can use as a bit of a rough framework to get a, a good idea as to whether it's going to be a good place to move? Yeah. For, it depends. Of, obviously, there is clients are very pedantic. So mm. I do go on site to help them to choose, especially yeah. when they purchase a new house. But if it is for a very quick, as you said, the time is an essence, um, they can always send me a floor plan, which I can advise them at least whether the facing is actually good for them mm. or there's anything I can spot based on the floor plan. I can just let them know and say, because there is certain house, the, I would say the defect is very, very noticeable. It's very obvious. And um, to answer the question you asked earlier about feng shui, how it evolved from the old days to the modern days, this is where I, I have a few comments on the modern design of the house and mm you know, the apartment, especially these days. And I can just uh, um, very easily, for example, one configuration I would know, I would say to your listener, just a big no-no is, you know that when you, these days for very, very small apartment, you go in 
um, two bedroom, let's say two bedroom apartment. They have uh, two bathrooms and they have this sink and duck bathtub and everything is kind of aligned on a line uh, in, in a, like a 180 degree. Mm-hmm. So it's like a six things lined up or um, oh, you mean like the sink and then the toilets next to it and the showers next shower, to that? Okay. Yes. And or you go into a kitchen, you will see the um, sink, the mm-hmm. taps, and the stove. I'm literally yeah. looking over and my kitchen. Oven. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. They all lined up. So these would we call the ac- uh, energy activators. So when I go into a home, this is the first thing I assess: is your front door or any doors that leads outside um, so that it will bring in the external chi into your internal home. So that's what I assess. And then I look at all the energy activators. So what are the energy activators? They are all these appliances, devices, that is either drawing the electrical current or the water. So hence, your kitchen and bathroom, think of all these, are drawing the water constantly, right? You're using the tap. The water is bringing the energy from external to internal. And that is important. That is activation. Um, it's like a water feature. An oven. Oven is producing heat and the stove. And, you know, they're producing heat. And that's the electrical as well. So it brings a current. It's creating energy. It's being activated all the time. And fridge, why fridge? It's 24-7, most important. Fridge, air conditioning, uh, air conditioner, or washing machines, dishwashers. These are, depends on how often you use. The more you're using them, the more activations it creates. So it's so important for those uh, energy activators to be in the correct sector, avoid any health issues. Right. And so what are you allowed to take us through what that sector is? Like you mentioned, um, you mentioned everything being in a line in the bathroom, like on a 180 plane. Is that a bad thing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because then it will, it will be crossing a certain sector. So this would be very hard to generalize because every home's floor plan is different. Therefore, the, the, the um, direction would be different. But I, you know, that this is back to the five element. You know, we look at, as I explained, cells. If you have a um, heart issue, we look at the cells. And the wood element creates, it's linked with liver, you know, and it's, um, for example, people t- uh, likely to have injuries and tendons. These are wood element um, and um, chest uh, and earth element is more about digestive systems, you know, sometimes. And metal is, is also about the hormonal and also the lungs and skins, if you have skin issues, um, and water is about reproductive systems. And um, a lot of people come, the couples, and if they have a fertility issues, you know, we look at the certain sectors, whether that has been violated. Um, so, and kidney is also belongs to the water element. So really depends on the, um, how I'm mapping out the 
you know, each, each individual's home that I'll be able to see um, how things is actually affecting either the health or sometimes a career. So the most important, um, I mean, most recent case um, is quite interesting. So I thought I'd just share with you. Um, the husband, the, the guy, basically, he has been uh, having trouble finding a job for about six months. And um, so we're looking at the, the assessment of the house. And so the end solution um, is to actually moving their fridge to, um, wow. to a different location. And within two weeks, and he has got a job. That's and amazing. It, it sounds like ridiculous. <laughs> um, if if pers- people haven't really heard what I have actually talked about before and say, okay, Grace, you moved the fridge, he got a job. Are you kidding? But the thing is, the fridge was sitting on a point which is restricted to um, specifically in relation to the husband's personal element, which is, you know, the... Um, let's say, you know, ear of the dragon, etc. So, so it really blocked the opportunity um, for him. It's particularly affecting him. Um, and when we actually moving that particular uh, item, regardless, it's just a fridge or a stove or whatever, to another point, which I have chosen, it is an activation point. It's like you're putting a water feature but we don't want to seven water features in your home. You know, I always say um, the best feng shui house is you can't even tell it's already feng shui. So we use these items to actually do an activation for you. Obviously, it also needs to be pr- practical for... I know, I was going to say, because most kitchens yeah. have an alcove where it the is- fridge kind of just goes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so that could be strange. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that sometimes can really create some difficulty for my job with the mm. modern design. <laughs> yeah. you know, with that a, a whole line. So this is where I do say to my client, um, if you design a house, please do it before um, rather than after because it'll be so much easier because I work with the architect to make sure we have already built in this in activation for you. We avoid those sectors that, you know, um, you put your uh, appliances or whatever needs to be designed in the, you know, especially the fixed item in the certain sector. So we can do that upfront. Mm. Yeah. So. Wow. That's huge. <laughs> and um, so. I was, I was just sort of as you were talking. So does that mean, because the trend right now is a very um, 180 planed kitchen with a, um, what do you call oh, those things? The um, island in the yes, middle. Yes, with an island in the middle. And that, so, okay, so you're saying, no, go back, that don't depends, do that. Depends. But in most <laughs> cases, um, when it all lined up, all the energy activated lined up, in 180 degrees, if people know a little bit about feng shui, you know, there is a Bagua map and you will know they, they basically in a, it's very hard to explain, but it's in one line because they cross all different sectors and there are certain, they're bound to be something is actually we call to be in the incorrect um, uh, sector. So, um, 
yeah, that will um, create problems. Wow. Yeah. And so is a U-shaped kitchen better then where there is a few things happening in different on different angles? Mm, I hate to give generalised. I know. I'm sorry. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it's so hard to explain and I don't want your listeners to take a wrong idea and starting to choose the old because um, I'll tell you this though. It's a very... Um, it's a bit feng shui is a such a accurate and scientific um practice um even sometimes one degree make a difference wow degree make a difference so when i go to friends place they ask oh what, what do you think this place feng shui i say i can't tell you because i need to do calculation i need to measure your front very very accurately um and I need to do my work. I need to do my calculation so that I can give you a precise um, recommendation or advice. It's not I'm giving you this off the cuff. Of course, there are certain things that you will be able to see. For example, a toilet in the middle is never a good thing because a heart of a home is... <laughs> you don't want the toilet to be in the heart of your home. Sorry, the centre of a home mm. is represent the heart so mm -hmm. you don't want um the toilet is right sitting right in the middle or kitchen mm -hmm. in the center you will have problems i've seen people who have serious illnesses when the kitchen is located in the center of a home wow so that's something i guess that's concrete that's your listener can make sure you choose a place where the, op the center is ideally, this is where all the chi will redistribute from the center to all different areas. Make sure it's open, it's free flow, um, it's something very um, uh, attractive and pleasing, you know. Mm -hmm. So we don't want a big bookshelves or like a big something really. Um, I have seen some people who are kind of very cluttered home, they have a big bookcase in the middle it's like your archery is being blocked mm, interesting to have um heart issues so wow yeah. so our apartment i'm just thinking about our apartment like you know oh. totally natural i think everybody out there is like literally looking around their <laughs> home as we speak but our apartment its middle is a a, a big and very vacant corridor um, with doors to all the rooms sort of coming off it, which we always keep open. Um, so there's no toilet in the middle, there's no kitchen good and there's no bookshelf. So we're good. good. Very good. <laughs> and, um, you know, and there is a myth actually, um, you know, that you read this on internet, oh, your front door cannot be um, directly facing your back door. Mm -hmm. It really depends because not for all cases. So don't take a very generalized, um, uh, I guess. The, I know what you're saying. You, yeah. You're basically saying if you've noticed some things from our conversation so far, you yeah. do not need to book in the bulldozer just yet. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, some people would ask, oh, my front door is actually facing my um, back door in one line. Sometimes it can be an issue, but sometimes in this theory, if it is a fall into the correct sector, because when we're looking at a 360 degrees, there are 
uh, when I talking about a sector is a 15 degree each sector. So there are all these 24 sectors. If they are happen to be in the correct sector, that's fine. It's actually great if it is fall into the correct sector. So this is where I'm, um, I'd like to kind of very, uh, I guess, you know, wanting or it's my passion to helping people to understand that on a deeper level so that you can also more connect with your home as well on a more energetic level so to aware that how the chi travels how the energy coming into your home um, and how this is, is actually rushing out or how there, there is you know the things um, is not working for you just observe and raise your awareness as well. Have I actually get this condition or the illnesses since I move into this house um, and has been repeatedly happening um, regardless whatever the treatment? So you're going to have to look a little bit deeper. But sometimes we don't think um, that far, isn't it? It's a bit like the things comes, I'm just reacting to it. So it's just reacting to symptoms instead yeah, of reacting to symptoms. Mm. But the, the beauty of this is if we use feng shui to actually to remove the cause, um, you don't have to treat the symptoms every time it comes around. And also notice the timing. Sometimes timing will already tell the story because sometimes the client doesn't even know or doesn't wasn't aware until I raised it I said did you had um, a little bit of hip pain in back in September this year or this year and they said no I didn't have and then a few days later they called me and say actually just thinking of it I did have this episode or I did these things happened which the reason I can see is not because of I'm a psychic. I mean, I'm very intuitive. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, because the element or the energy doesn't lie, I will go trace back to that specific year and specific month. I know it is that specific element is at work. That's why I can pinpoint back then what happened. Wow. That's very clever, Grace. <laughs> I love that. Um, and so what was the issue with the hip then? What did you digest? What did you um, adjust in that person's life? Or it had happened already and it was already fixed? Yeah, there is a certain configuration within that house that is creating the, um, uh, creating the issues more related to the dominant female in that household. So, so within a house, there is what we call the father sector. There is a mother sector. There is a certain sector that in relation specifically to the youngest daughter or to the middle daughter, elder daughter. So everyone in the family is being represented by a certain sector. Yeah. So you can see, and then this is where you have multiple people in a house, living in a house, and then you'll be able to see, okay, so there I can already see three appliances lined up that forms a violation in our feng shui principles or formulas and what that sector is. And then we trace back to see um, what this sector is actually mostly affect the certain person in that family 
That's insane. So I just looked across and I can see my Thermomix, my juicer and my coffee uh, machine all together. Does one of those need to go somewhere else? Do Do you use those things very often? Because the the coffee machine and the Thermomix, absolutely yes. Juicer more like once or twice a fortnight. It really depends. See, I I only I look at the the major the major mm-hmm. um, things. That's more like oven and fridge. That's right. Yeah, of gotcha. Course, if you can fine tune down to that, then that also um, ideal. Um, but for most people come to me, they have a. Uh, key issue um, to to kind of I feel sometimes my job is a combination of the doctor and the detective so it's like okay trying to find to understand a person's issue um, health or career relationship etc and then I'm looking at this and I'm going back I'm following the clues it gives me and then in order to find the, the real cause of this problem. Mm. Fascinating. <laughs> and so what are some simple things, easy transformations that we could potentially <laughs> experience um, uh, with our own exploration and tuning in? Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking what I can offer to your listener, um, I guess, uh, to be very um, uh, observant of the starting to connect with the energy and the chi to your home on an unseen level. Because with feng shui, it is very much an unseen energy. It's the colors and the furnitures and these will play a certain role but comparing to the fundamental change sometimes a very huge shift and they come they're lower on the list um, however i can share one um, furniture arrangement with your listeners because it's easy to apply um, without to um, to go down too much detail so when we place, uh, I think people would um, always having, oh, where do I place a couch and things like that. Um, so even with your desk or your bed, um, we always like to have a solid wall because what it symbolizes is a solid support. For example, the bedroom is very, very important. So when you sleep, that's we seven, eight hours, you know, that's a solid hours of the day that we're using that space so you want that space to be extremely supportive and i've seen people's bed like ideally you would have a a very good bed head as well to be against the wall that symbolizes support and um in every aspect in your life really and you will notice that and ideally on that same wall you don't have a door opening and you don't have an ensuite door opening as well and this is where gonna trigger one of another vent of me of the modern design because you know that you've got this one wall is a walk-in wardrobe and you've got ensuite on the other row and then you have windows and doors it's extremely hard for people to place a, a bed against a solid wall where it doesn't have anything you know and so 
Anyway, back to where I started is solid wall. And if you place a couch, if you can place um, one of the couch, because usually people have two couch couches, and one against the wall, and ideally uh, both couch or couches are facing the center of the home. This is yeah. So if you're looking at your house, let's say it's a square shape, you draw a line in the middle, um, horizontally and then vertically. That's the center of your home, right? So ideally, the couch should be facing the center of your home because that symbolizes your heart is in this home. And you will notice some people's um, couch is kind of their back, they're sitting with their back towards the center of the home. I'm putting my hand up for that one. I'm looking at my couch and it is literally facing forward and the center, that corridor that I spoke about is behind it. Right, Mm. right. How do you feel? Um, Um, uh, Are you thinking of moving or are you thinking of... We are actually. We're casually sort of looking at the moment. There you go. That's what I said, that their heart is already not in that home. They're Ah. either thinking of moving or changing. So So could I move my couch and save myself a whole lot of trouble (laughs) from looking for a different place to go? It it really depends what your intention is. Ah. If you don't feel connected with this home, there's no point of, if say, if you're already thinking, um, like some people renting and they're wanting to move out, they're wanting to actually find a, a permanent home to invest or to buy, then there's no point of changing it because you are already um, kind of on the way out already, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really the furniture um, arrangement is really support your intention. Mm. Uh, and for example, I'll give you another example. If the uh, couple um, cup is a big no-no, or from the furniture arrangement um, perspective, ideally your feet should also both of your feet when you're lying on bed, you should the it should be pointing to the line. You know the two lines we draw vertically and horizontally in mm-hmm. the middle of the house, your feet should be pointing towards the line rather than the opposite. So you know? what if your middle is, yeah. what if um, the only place that you have the solid wall is the, is the uh, place where your feet will face away from the centre? What happens yeah. there? Yeah, that's difficult. That's mm. difficult, isn't it? Because a lot of Art Deco apartments are, are done that way. You know, you've got the middle corridor yeah. and then everything yeah. comes off it, kitchen at the end. Um, and that's, that's right. So yeah. you're saying sometimes the feet is pointing to the window. Yes. Right? And then your head is kind of the wall towards the centre line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, is, the, can... is the solid wall more important or the feet pointing towards the centre more important? Like obviously there'd be a situation where you have to prioritise, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would say in a situation where you only have one option, still have the solid wall. Have the solid wall um, behind your um, bed head and ideally, um, you know, the, there is, you can see your bedroom door. So that means that um, you don't want a door is kind of in line with your bed because people usually, this is actually I find in amongst my clients, um, people place the bed 
in that position, usually they have a lot of unexpected things happens in their life. It's like, oh, here is a surprise. Oh, that is unexpected. So you're not really prepared with the things because the cheat is coming behind you. You can't see. And this is also another configuration we don't recommend for an office or your home office because this is where the office um, backstabbing happens because you don't know people talking behind your back. You know that modern day that you'll have your desk, um, you're facing the wall. The desk is usually placed again, like against the wall, and then you, your seat is actually facing the wall. Uh, from a feng shui perspective, we want your seat to to have a wall behind your seat um, so you have this desk like I'm now looking at my office my desk is I can see who is coming into my office I can Me too. see yep. the door you know I so energetically I, I feel know. that I need that I can, yes. I've never been able to stare at a wall never yes. The wall yes. is behind me. Yeah, exactly. That's mm. a very good. Your current um, desk configuration is great, and you can put beautiful things behind you, so you already feel a support. And um, I know what is coming towards me, and I have ability to handle it because this position is called a commanding position. Mm-hmm. I have the ability to command. Where you have, if your your back is facing the door, you don't have ability to see what what is behind happening behind you, mm. and that's a big no no. Yeah, wow. And so I want to go back to the bedroom example, <laughs> okay? Because this is really interesting. I'm just trying to get my head around prioritization. Then, so if you have the solid wall and the door on the same plane, yeah, and the center of the house is behind those things. <laughs> Does now having your feet pointing towards the middle override seeing as the door and the wall are together and that creates even more negative? What would be the option if you move your bed so you can see the door? You would have the windows behind. So it means your your bed head is have to be placed underneath a window. We don't recommend that because that... That means apart from the draft, like, you know, in winter, it's not very pleasant. It means the chi is leaking. Usually the people don't have a very good night's sleep. Yeah, so this is where with the modern design, with this, um, there, is a, um, there is a few things. It's very, very difficult to be. Um, so it really depends on each scenario. Sometimes we'll need to add a petition. Um, so if the real case, I will go and assess on site and then to see, to find the best solutions. Uh, you know, with, uh, as much as I love the modern technology and designs and double sync is just a, something that I really against. Um, and you know, the people um, in a way it, it doesn't support me from the environment and also uh, I guess the energy saving and green and eco saving the planet perspective as well. You know, that this elaborate design, which breaks so many rules of feng shui. And this is where from the very taking the individual home back a big step back to see the overall environment and how we place on earth. And this is the feng shui is really about living harmony with nature. Because the five element is coming from nature. Chinese metaphysics at the end of the day is about um, using the nature's intelligence 
to guide us to live effortlessly. And that is, at the end of the day, the most, most important thing. But at the moment, we're doing so many things from the environment, the climate change, and down to the micro things into each other, each individual home, we are creating a lot of illnesses. And you have already noticed this fertility rate, infertility, is, has skyrocketed because of how we design our home, because of how we actually pursuing certain things that beyond... Um, I, I mean, you know, yeah. That remove us further from nature, yeah. It's really like, you know, mm. it's not like we live, um, uh, you know, that there's more money-driven, status-driven, and, you know, it really comes back to a lot of spiritual practice as well. And this is where, apart from doing feng shui, which I considered is an earth luck, I also helping people to raise their man luck, which is all about the awareness, um, how we can connect with the heaven and earth energy, how you can tune into yourself to raise your own vibration. So you'll be able to actually see more than the, the what meets the eye, really. Mm. Okay. And, and how do you advise that people get started with something like that? Uh, to start it, get um, to to reconnect and see beyond what meets the eye. How do you? Uh, is there a, a practice we can cultivate to become more aware? Um, Absolutely. Mm. I always um, I always advise my client to do at least a twenty minutes meditation, or even just a still time. I know this is um, seems to be such a ask. Everyone um, is always um, like a this technology. We constantly our sensation is constantly being challenged. There is always is um, you know the the phones and the whatever we wherever we go. Mm. You know, Wi-Fi is not being uh, can't be avoided. These very days. busy, very noisy. Very yeah, busy. and so. But it is because of that, it is more important for you to be grounded, to be really tuning into yourself um, so that you actually know what you want without being distracted by the external expectations, mm -hmm. you know, expectations from your boss, expectations from your parents, um, you know, or people around you. So it's so very important. And also in, I encourage you to connect with the earth, you know, bare feet on the ground and just, you know, even do some gardening. These are the things to calm ourselves, to, to encourage our back to ourselves, because I believe everyone within the center of them um, you know, based on your birth chart, I call this essence at birth. You know, we all have a gift. We all have that very true part of us is yet to be discovered. But because of their, whatever the uh, upbringing or external environment, and we need to be still in order to shed all those layers. So we'll be able to see what is our next step. We'll be able to be guided to um, our next, um, I guess, you know, the destination. And even with people with health um, issues, 
you'll be guided to the right doctor. Mm. It's so very important. You know, every single small choice that or seemingly small choice you make, it forms the path of your destiny. Mm. Amazing. And if you could issue a bit of a challenge to listeners for this week on how to create prosperity and serenity in our home space. I feel like we've got a few interesting little practical uh, hints from you today, but what would that challenge look like? What would you love to see people do this week out there after listening to this show? Wow. Um, I would say to really um, like even sit for five minutes um, to be still and be quiet within yourself and observe and looking at your home uh, through a completely different lens and to feel the energy without or even close your eyes, close your eyes in that five minutes and to think, what is my favorite corner in this home? And then starting to observe different type of energy within your home. You know, what is a corner I always being drawn to there when I feel sad or, you know, when I feel a little bit down, I like to curl up in that corner or I always just join. That's my favorite chair, you know, and with the sun shining, reading my favorite book. Or is there any really a corner in your home that I just don't even want to go there? Like, you know, the, I think every one of us probably have a certain spot. Is there, what corner is that corner? Like, you know, the, the sectors, what sectors it belongs? Like, you know, is there any clutter in there? Like what it, because um, this might be helpful. I know I have been given a lot of um, uh, general uh, advice or, or I shared some general examples. So when you, when this challenge issue to your listeners and um, maybe they can, uh, I will, I will take you through what each sectors represents. Yeah, let's do that. So um, like your listeners can go and grab a piece of paper or write it down. This might be useful. Otherwise you can always go onto my website um, to download some free resources which contains this information. Um, so within each of our home, we know that we have all the different sectors. So let's start from north, okay? Mm -hmm. So the north sector represents your career and income. Mm -hmm. So if you, you'll notice that dead corner or because when, when the corner or the room, you don't really go in there that much, it becomes stagnant energy, okay? Mm -hmm. So I want you to observe that corner and then follow the list I'm about to take you through and to discover what corner is, what that corner is actually represents, what sector it belongs to. So we, we talked about north belongs to the career and income and let's go clockwise. We'll go northeast. Northeast represents that your um, uh, personal improvement and knowledge. Sometimes it can also in representation to spiritual pursuit, northeast. So people, um, if that sector is activated, people like to pursue further studies. They love to learn. And um, 
the next um, uh, sector, let's see, uh, East. Okay. So we talked about North and then Northeast and then East. East is about family relationship and health. And then we go on to the South uh, East. South East represents the, um, what we call the long-term investment and, um, and money and wealth. So this comparing to the North, North is about your monthly pay, pay, you know, pay rise or your career, your job. But South East is really about your investment, like, you know, property investment and shares, etc. So it's a long-term investment. And South sector represents the fame and uh, reputation or just reputation in general, I guess, you know, for people who are wanting to, you know, if you see there are certain people um, become famous overnight or there are certain things happened in that sector that because it represents fame. Um, then Southwest. Southwest is quite important for a woman because it represents the dominant female um, as well as marriage and romance relationships. So very important, Southwest. And then we go to West. West sector is about children and creativity. So West sector, you'll, you'll notice people who intend to have children, they always choose the West facing house. It's very interesting. Wow. Because they're, they're ready. They're ready to welcome children into their life. <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah. when you say, um, you know, the North, Northeast, we're, we're able to literally just place a compass down and then... Um, yes, yes. I mean, yeah. for this purpose, it doesn't have to be that accurate. You can use your app or your compass yeah. if you have one. Simply just to draw that 45 degree of mm -hmm. that whole sector, roughly. Yeah. You, or standing in the, even standing in the centre or draw on the floor, floor plan, you'll be able to, to work it out yourself. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, what else we haven't talked about? West and then Northwest. Mm. Northwest is also very important. Northwest is the male, dominant male of the house. So this is, you know, the father. So we usually we don't want the kitchen to be in the father sector because this sector belongs to uh, metal and the fire burns metal. So usually you'll find people whose kitchen is actually in the Northwest um the male uh dominant male usually feel very stressed oh wow yeah or for single people difficult to find a partner because the male just doesn't come close to that house <laughs> wow how fascinating yeah and i'd imagine as a practitioner for over a decade now you would really start to see that this isn't just theory it's everywhere Oh, yeah, yeah. It comes every, I mean, the more I practice this, the more I believe this system because it really reflects in the real cases. 
like, you know, learning from the book, learning from the paper is one thing. Following my master is one thing. But practicing this, um, you know, every day to see the real life situations, um, it does really uh, reinforce that this system, there is all different system out there, but I'm following a specific lineage. So this system really, really works for people. Mm, fascinating. Yeah. And... And it's so, not easy though it's not um uh, you know i always ask my client how how much you're willing to change so mm. people who want me to um hang a crystal i'm probably not the person <laughs> yeah gotcha yeah yeah and i mean it's like with anything really it's a yeah do i feel a sense of frustration in an area of my life enough mm. to be brave Maybe. enough to explore absolutely. what might absolutely yeah. absolutely it comes back to that man luck um i talked about um you know it's really depends on how you're fed up with that situation and mm. then how much courage you hold in order to change that part of your life yeah 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 how fascinating grace i could talk to you for another three hours i'm sure uh but we have sadly reached the end of our time together today i feel like there there's going to be more to this conversation so um this this may not be the last time we speak i'm, I'm sensing a part two but um I'd love to point everybody to our show notes today to connect with Grace's work. You can always find the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And then you just click on the tile of the show that we're now currently talking about. Uh, Grace, thank you. What an absolute pleasure to delve into this uh, topic. Fascinating topic, especially for Westerners who, you know, may not have ever explored this before. Um, and I, I really, yeah, you're welcome. I really appreciate your time and the, the practical tips you gave as well as the big picture on the theory. I'm so glad we did that towards the end there for people to really just be able to simply place a compass down, look around and go, oh my gosh, that lines up with the two issues we're experiencing as a family or as an individual. Uh, this is worth having a look into. So thank you once again. And I look forward to sharing your wisdom with our audience pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action uh, and uh, there's the amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit uh, stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written over the past nine years of writing a blog. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com 
forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added and I can't wait to see where that community takes us. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus uh, Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Today